Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program, and we are super blessed that you are joining us today and taking time away from what's probably your busy schedule, and so uh, thank you for that. And if you are a first-time listener to Shouts of Grace, we want to say welcome and to let you know that we've got about five years' worth of episodes that you can go on to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and you can listen to a a number of things um, from topics to certain scriptures as we talk about uh, things that are happening in the world, different worldviews. And so that's for your listening pleasure. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can also uh, drop us a note if you like something that you hear. And if you don't, don't leave us a note because we don't want to <laughs> hear that. <laughs> Just playing with you. But yeah, uh, take advantage of that. And if you are a uh, return listener, then we want to say uh, welcome back and thank you for your support. And as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. I do have a, an exciting announcement. Um, we've been trying for a year to um, to get uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills on our program. And so uh, the beginning of May, he has agreed to uh, to do a two-part series with us. Um, looking at really kind of the the chaos of the end times, the chaos in the home, the chaos in in uh, society, and the chaos in the political arena. And just um, you sh- if, if you know anything about him, you know that that's kind of his forte. And so uh, he's going to be joining us. So we're super excited about that. So look for that at the beginning of May. Um, but also, um, as normal, we have someone in studio today. She's a good friend of mine, Becky Baron, how are you doing, sister? I'm doing well this morning. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, gosh, we've known each other for so long, and our kids have grown mm-hmm. up, and they're still friends, yes. which is amazing. Amazing. Um, and so I'm, I'm blessed that you're here today. If if you are joining us for the first time at Shouts of Grace, we have different uh, people, usually in studio, sometimes on the phone, um, sometimes from Utah, sometimes from around the country, and every now and then, sometimes from across our borders. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, what we do is we just talk about um, certain biblical themes. We might talk about, you know, current events. But today, um, I thought we, were, we would talk about, Becky, just this um, idea of grief that is sometimes hidden in the heart of people mm-hmm. and felt by the person, but not necessarily understood by those around them. And I think a lot of our listeners um, can can probably relate to that. And mm-hmm. so I thought what we do is um, jump into First Samuel with uh, the person of Hannah. And I know she's She's a woman that that um, had a lot of grief in her heart um, over something that she felt that that you know she had not fulfilled in her life yet, and that's motherhood. And so, what I want to do is I'm just going to read a section of the scripture, and then I'm going to kind of kick this over to you and and kind of tell us what's happening and and maybe um, kind of help us understand what Hannah might be feeling um, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate. So, I had a First Samuel uh, chapter one, and I'm going to start in verse three. It says, "Now this man." Um, speaking of um, Hannah's, Hannah's husband, this, this man used to go up year to year to the city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts, to Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to, Pen- <clears throat> to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her, it says, um, rival used to provoke her uh, grievously to 
irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. So this was perpetual. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Then, or after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorposts of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him uh, to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, therefore, Eli took her to be a drunk woman. And so this is a situation where, you know, in, in her case, Becky, you know, she she was wanting to be a mother and, mm-hmm. and that was being withheld from her. It says her womb was closed. And, and frankly, she was just deeply grieved. You know, there was a situation in her life that wasn't going the way she want. And and she was so grieved. She was so sad that it, it obviously was apparent to others, though nobody really understood the depths of her heart. And so ha- help us understand what's happening here. I mean, grief is a very difficult thing to perceive on another person in another person. We might know they're sad, but we really don't know what's going on. Help us understand what's happening here, how she's processing it. Is she wrong? Are the people that are looking on, are they, are they, you know, are, are they too swift to judge? What, what, what's going on here? So I just love Hannah because is there a more real emotion for us than sadness? I mean, mm. man, oh, man, that is so deep and it is so all-encompassing. And, and we can be sad about so many different things, but the— the depth of her grief, um, it was it was very very um, gosh the the depths were so so low for her because you know I think one of the reasons why it is is because it went on so long right because mm. we all understand seasons of sadness we get it you know I, I get that being sad about about one thing or another thing there are lots of things that we can be sad about, um, you know, and some seasons are long and some are short, but this is kept happening year after year. And, and in their, in their lives, you know, we have certain things that mark time for us, like, like when your kids are in school. So September to, to May, you know, marks, marks time and, and Christmas marks a time and all that. Well, for them, it was going to worship would mark a time. Mm. So, so once a year, this would happen, they would get to travel and, Um, So for her, this has been marked time after time after time, and it went by a long time um, that she was so sad. And and there gets to be, I mean, (laughs) it gets to the point where, oh, I can't be any more sad, right? But then, oh, no, I'm going to be a little more sad because it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And I, I think that the the tendency is and and the the problem is sometimes we allow that grief grief to make us bitter um and therein lies the problem because that stops things from happening for us that stops us from from doing good things that the lord would have us do um in this season of grief because he doesn't want us just to 
cower in a corner no matter how long a season is. There are things that we not only need to do, but he wants us to do that are positive. So one of the things that I think is so fabulous about Hannah is she took she knew where to take her grief. So she's sitting there, they're eating, although she doesn't feel like eating, and we've all been there. And so then she gets up and she goes to church, right? She goes to um, the place of the Lord and, and she took her grief there. And I think the reason why, it, it's by design that nobody else can see how sad we are because the Lord is the only one meant to see how very, very sad we are. And so we take our grief there, and that saves us a lot because we don't have to explain to him our whole big, long story because our stories are long and they're complicated, right? And there's all kinds of nuances and, and different things that we've done or people have done to us. And and so we come here with our stories and, and we say to the Lord, I don't even know what to say. And the Lord said, that's okay, because I know what to say and I can see that sadness. So one of the things that I absolutely adore about Hannah is she knew where to take her grief. She didn't take it out on Peninnah, although, my goodness, I'm sure she felt like she should. And, and sure, she had days where she went off on her, probably, because she was a person. Um, but there, the depth of this, only the Lord can handle. And the Lord knows that. And I think that's by design, because he wants to draw us close. And sometimes that pain is the only way that we can get as close as we need to, because we need to hear his heartbeat. Um, and sometimes we don't hear it unless we're super sad. And so that's, yeah. that's what, you know, I see it's, that's It's almost great. insult to injury because it's like, yeah. she's already got this thing that she can't do anything about. Yes. And now she's got this tool from the enemy that's yes. just antagonizing her all the time. You For know, sure. the, the other thing that, you know, I want you to talk about, it stands out a little bit to me. Um, in, in, in Proverbs 1410 it says the heart knows its own bitterness mm. and no stranger shares its joy in other words nobody really understands the heart except for the person of the heart it almost yeah. the person who has the heart it almost seems like hannah's really lonely and mm. she's in a place and nobody understands where she's coming from not her husband though he understands the predicament mm -hmm. he kind of says something that may kind of indicate like he doesn't even understand the depths of her grief right. um she goes to church and the pastor doesn't understand right. the depths right. of her grief because right. you know Eli right. thinks what he thinks right. you know talk about that for a minute because i think grief can create a loneliness that even mm. the people that are closest to you they, they they wouldn't get it because the heart knows its own bitterness for sure. And nobody else for sure. And don't you think that um, since the Lord knows us and he made us that um, for some of us, maybe that is what has to happen, yeah. right? That, that, so you know how how with your kids, some of them, some of your kids are easier to discipline than others, right? Some of um, some of your siblings, you've seen your parents discipline differently than others, right? I think sometimes um, that depth of sorrow is what it takes for the Lord to do what He wants to do. Mm -hmm. And although it seems cruel, and it really kind of does seem cruel, because I've thought many times. 
gosh, Lord, you know, if you know what's going on with me and still choose not to do something about it, it doesn't seem merciful. It seems cruel. You know, if I if I believe you and I follow you and I love you and I believe you love me and I, I believe these good things about you, you know, why is this, why is this continuing, right? I get it that we can't have all happy lives. I get that, you know, all that. But, but why does this have to be so hard? Why does this have to be so long, so deep, all those things. And and mm-hmm. what it boils down to is trust, right? Because we tell the Lord, you know what, I'm going to allow you to make these decisions for me. And that's all fine and dandy when he decides to bless me the way that I want to be blessed or that anyone else can see that's a blessing. But when he chooses to allow something in my life that I do not count as a blessing or others certainly do not count as a blessing, then it's like we've got decisions to make, right? Are we going to go ahead and trust? Are we going to put up a wall and say, okay, I could trust you until now, but now I can't believe that. I mean, what else? I mean, it's like it's like Jesus telling the disciples, you know, well, are you guys going to leave too? And they're like, where would we go? You have the very words of life, right? So it's like, okay, I'm just going to have to to press on. That's my new favorite phrase. And I press on, right? Mm -hmm. Because we just do these things and believing that the Lord is going to work and that he is at work and that I just, I just press on Mm -hmm. and I just be sad. That's okay for now. Amen. I want to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break, this idea of, of, of pressing on and just also just the adversity that sometimes it's so lonely and you're kind of stuck there and it seems like, God, where are you? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. because I don't care who you are. At some point in your Christian experience, you are going to end up on those shores and you're going to walk along that shore for sometimes quite a while because, and you're going to, your, your faith is going to be tested. This idea that Lord, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll go to, I'll go and die for you. Oh, will, will you really? What situation will it take for you to deny me? What existence or deny my existence in your situation. If I put you here, will will that? And so I think sometimes the Lord refines us in that way. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Hey, welcome back to the program in the studio today with uh, a longtime friend of mine, Becky Barron. And Becky, before the break, we were just talking about this idea of, um, you know, Hannah just being so burdened with uh, with just this this loneliness and this sense that, man, you know, I, I want this thing and God's got me in this adversity and this trial. And so um, I want to share a verse and then I want you to kind of, we can talk about what this means. It's in Isaiah chapter 30 and it's in verse 20. And God says this, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes will see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. When you turn to the right or you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved images overlaid with silver and your gold plated metal um, images. You will scatter them on the un- and the unclean things you will say to them, be gone. And 
there, there's something here, a couple things that really stand out that I think kind of, kind of coincide with what we're talking about with Hannah and her loneliness and just this deep grief she had is it says that God will give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. God will make you eat that bread and he will make you drink that. But it says two times your teacher. And what that implies is that in the bread of adversity and in the water of affliction, there's a teacher watching you eat and drink. And ever present before you, behind you, he hymns you in is a voice that says, walk this way. And, and the comfort that you get isn't that, you know, the bread, the bread of adversity and the water of affliction or the bread of affliction, the water of adversity, that, that it's not going to be there. It's that in there, there's a teacher who's constantly talking to you about these things, right? And, and telling you, walk this way. And the end of that teaching is you scatter the things that were once a high place in your heart and you surrender to God even more. And so talk, talk about that process because this is a process. This is not something that we become believers and it's like, okay, here's your easy life until you die. God authors this bread and this water in order to teach, talk about how important that is that a believer understands that in their life. And if they don't, what will happen? Oh, gosh. I, You know, I would love it if I could have this really super awesome, deep relationship with Jesus and not have to go through anything difficult, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't amen. that be fantastic? But that is just not the way that it works, right? He calls me to the deep places. Now, I can refuse to go. I mean, I can just stay surface, and the Lord will allow me just to stay surface, but my influence will not be what it could be unless mm. I learn these hard things and I walk through these hard things. And it's funny, the the older that you get, um, don't, don't, I know, <laughs> you and I, right? You and I now, you're grandpa, that's so wonderful. <laughs> and it's a wonderful time. It's a great time of life. Um, but we start to realize, hey, I want to sit down with people and hear their hard stuff. Mm. You know, and especially if their attitude today is very light and hopeful because I know that they've gone through hard stuff. Yeah. And yet here you are sitting here and you're um, being positive and you're being um, hopeful and you know the Lord is good. I want to hear your hard stuff, you know, because that's where the depth came. So I think um, that the depth of people is so important to the Lord, and he loves his people so much. Not only does he love you and I, right, but he loves the people that we're going to touch. And so if we can um, grasp a hold of, you know what, I'm just going to hang on. I'm just going to hang on, and I'm just going to ride this out. I mean, the whole nation of Israel was blessed because of Hannah's decisions mm. that she made way back there standing in the temple and saying, Lord, I'm just going to make this vow, which maybe it was a rash vow, but the Lord took her up on it. Um, she's like, I'm just, I will give you this son. Just let me have a son. And so the Lord said, all right, I'll, I'll let you follow through with that. And so for her to do that, she had to go through that hard stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But the whole nation got blessed. And mm -hmm. some would say, oh my gosh, it's not worth it, right? I don't want to go through the hard, hard things. I'll just, I'll just have a little bit of influence. 
But really, that's not what we want. We want generations of influence, really. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, we have to walk through the hard things. And walking through it is the thing, right? And we press on. That's the important part of it because it just is what it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would I would add to that. It's greatly put. I would add to that and say this, you know, every believer's desire is to be more like Christ. We even say that, Lord, I just want to be more like you. Here's the problem. None of us will volunteer for what it takes to get us there. We won't. We'll, we, we want the end result. I'm closer to Jesus. I trust Christ more. I look more like him, but the pain and the bread of affliction and the water of adversity that it takes to get us there, we don't want to eat it and we don't want to drink it. And so here's where God's grace comes in. He knows We want to be more like Christ. He knows we won't volunteer for what it takes. So he gives us the bread and makes us eat it. Mm -hmm. He gives us the water, makes us drink it. He teaches us as a voice in the middle of it. And then the very thing we want comes to pass. And Mm -hmm. four, five, 10 years later, we're looking back and we wouldn't change a thing, though we wouldn't have volunteered for one of the things that that he he did. Exactly. Well, and that that's the thing. We would not choose these things. Right. These aren't these aren't the ones that we would choose when Hannah was little. She wasn't thinking, I am certain she was not thinking this was going to be her trouble. There is no way that she was growing up thinking, I will never be able to have a child. There's no way because that's not what we do. That's not what we do. But yet this is the thing that the Lord chose for her and said, no, you can handle this. I'm going to give this to you. Mm. So my trouble, your trouble, I would definitely not have pulled that off the shelf and said, okay, I can handle that. No, no, those things, we don't choose those things. The Lord chooses for us. And we've already said, Lord, you can do whatever you want. So in his grace and in his mercy, we know that it's been sifted through his hand. Eat this, drink this. Right, (laughs) right. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, Elijah, stop, you know, stop being sad. Here you go. Let the ravens feed you. Right. So it's those things that he has already chosen. But but there is no way that Hannah thought that this was going to be her trouble. Maybe yeah. she thought she would lose her husband. Maybe she thought, I don't know what she thought. Maybe she thought she would lose a child or whatever. But I just don't believe that she thought this was going to be her trouble. And yeah. yet, as the years would pass and as she'd continue every day to think about this, and she's like, oh, man, yeah. I am now this woman who cannot have a child. Here I am, mm. blinking, Amen. and here I am. Yeah, yeah, there's in two minutes left, there's one last thing I want to touch on, you know. Um, Hannah, I, I like what you said earlier. She went into the house of the Lord. No, nobody understood her. In fact, there was um, one of them. She went into the house of the Lord, mm. and the guy who should have had the most discernment yeah. actually judged her, yeah. you know, and said, you're, you're a drunk woman. Yeah. Um, t- talk, talk about the need when, when a person's going through what she's going through. You know, men can complicate things for sure. They can mm. make things worse by the things that they say and do. Mm. But talk about how she got through it because she needed to have her focus on the Lord primarily because people wouldn't help sometimes. And and we, we need to be careful that though certainly we, certainly we, we, we want encouragement from people. Sometimes we don't get it. We got to look to the Lord mm-hmm. for it. We got like a minute left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about it is that, um, Eli, that that was really bad because he was representing the Lord to her in that moment because he was, you know, her authority in church, basically, right? So that was really bad. But, um, you know, we do things in church, we judge all the time because we don't want to take the time 
um, to get to know people's stories because it does take time to do that, right? So, you know, but but I know that the Lord went ahead and used Eli because it was through Eli's words that he was able to tell her, you know what, don't worry about it because you're going to have a child. And so that's really cool, yeah. right? The Lord was not too harsh with Eli. Yeah. So I feel like I should not be either because um, the Lord was like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and give you a word. And as far as, you know, her husband goes, I just think it's hard to live with a person who's sad just yeah. day after day after day after day. And, and you know, he just, he said what he said and, and yeah. we got it recorded, you know, but um, I, men, women, we all say things that we don't mean to, or that we hurt somebody. And our focus just has to be on the Lord. Amen. So. Hey, we're out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Uh, we appreciate you listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.